Well, I'll, I'll say it out loud. Yes, we're here. Okay, everybody, we are live. I hope maybe we can get some people to uh, let us know that we are live. <laughs> Jim, thank you. Thank you. Our, I hope you're, we're coming in loud and clear. Maybe you can kind of say that we are, but um, I appreciate you joining us today. And I'm so grateful that Rich could join us uh, from Rags to Riches. We're praying for Maui. We're praying for Lahaina. My hometown, my childhood home is gone. I'm going to try to keep it tight and not cry. I don't have any Kleenex, so I can't cry. <laughs> um, we are all at Maui Powder Works today. We're working and we're all kind of processing what's happened here on Maui differently. And um, so I'm very grateful that Rich is here to kind of hold my hand from far away <laughs> and um, join the powder coating community because I, I am kind of an extrovert but I'm also someone that I, I need I need to get it out and I, I want to share so much with you because I want to give you some insights as to what's going on locally that you're not seeing in the news, not to not to make it gory or or anything like that or, you know, because you know, your, your national news, and it's great that you're paying attention to the news and knowing enough about it, but, you know, and there's some, there is some gnarly stuff coming out on the news, but uh, there are some heroic stories. There's some just awful stories, uh, uh, but there's some survivor stories and there's just so much and it's human, it's the human journey. And that's what it's always been about here <laughs> at Maui Powder Works is sharing our journey. And, and I know that the powder coating community is so, so strong. And we face this um, inner strength every day here as powder coaters. And it's that, it's that inner strength that I need from you guys today and to get us through this. Uh, you know, um, so I need you guys to help me and, and join me today to kind of help us raise some funds. I'm going to share some of my friends' stories, harrowing stories of what they were going through. Um, and some of the local posts on my Instagram that I have saved that we're kind of piecing together what really happened. So, Rich, thanks for joining me today. Yeah. And being brave enough. <laughs> well, it was kind of a last minute thing. You reached out and said, hey, can you uh, join me tomorrow? And I, and I thought, you know, be a great opportunity for us because I've had a lot of folks asking me questions, you know, if I had heard from you or talked to you or what's going on. We haven't heard from Kim on the podcast and whatnot. So this is a great time to kind of let everybody know what's going on. And then also just to check in with you, like, how are you doing? Are you guys okay? Is the shop okay? Your family okay? You know, I mean, how are you guys doing? Well, we're doing okay. I mean, I, it was a 9-11 moment for me. You know, when 9-11 happened, and I hate to bring up 9-11, but 
you know, being in Hawaii, by the time we woke up at 9-11, like half a day was gone already, you know, like so much had happened already. And it was the same thing. My phone, it was like covered in so many messages, texts, emails. Hey, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, am I okay with what? And Ross went to the iPad and he went to the Drudge Report and he goes, Maui made the front news and we're in red on the Drudge Report. (laughs) And I'm like, what happened? And it, okay, so it started for me, it was like really hot. And when the, it was like the air conditioner wasn't working. So I said, Ross, just turn off the air conditioner and let's just leave the windows open because it was actually cooler to have the windows open than have the AC going. It was like one of those kind of muggy nights. Right. And it was like, just leave the, you know, and I didn't, you know, I woke up kind of in the middle of the night and I could hear this guy running his, um, he was in his freaking souped up like car. We have like a grid pattern, um, you know, uh, where we live, it's all gridded out. And he was running up and down the streets, you know, like up and down, just going nuts, you know, just high or whatever. And I could hear, and then he broke something on his car, right? So it's, I just woke up right at the end where he was like (laughs) trying to break. (laughs) And, And then the next thing I remember is I kept smelling like, smoke and i'm like thinking to myself you know it's a hell of a night to be doing smoke meats because <laughs> we have a lot of hunters up in up country now we're up country we're not in lahaina you know i've been talking at length how much we moved out of lahaina in 2020 we don't have our business there anymore we we don't live you know we live up country now and our business is in central maui And so I'm like, you know, the winds are nuts. It's very gusty. It's a hell of a night to be picking, to be doing smoked meats, bro. You know, (laughs) so, um, and it was really strong. So I was thinking somebody nearby has got to be doing smoked meats. And, And then, but little did I know, it was like a full on fire of country going on and people were, you know, already starting to have their houses being burned and stuff. There was two fires, one, in up country like high up country olinda area and then one in like kula which is just above where we live there was two of them and um and so we thought that that was what was happening when we heard all this you know buzz on our phones right um but then we checked the news and that's when Ross went over to the Drudge Report and realized, oh no, it's Lahaina that's on fire. And then we started seeing Front Street and the pictures and the first news report, and I was gonna try to find it, uh, was these two kind of bummy looking, one of the first interviews I found was local news and it was at one of the first centers uh, shelter centers. And it was these two kind of bummy looking guys that were describing, oh, let me back up for just a second, because at the night before 
the last time I was on social media was Facebook and it was 6.30 at night. And some lady I know posted, can anybody help? It was on like a face, like a Maui 24 seven, which is like a, just a community page, you know, just to kind of help, help, you know, or, you know, like a police type page or, you know, one of those emergency board type community right. pages. Okay. And it was the strangest post I'd ever read in my life. It said, can anybody at 630 at night, I read it. Can anybody send emergency help to front street? People are in the water and trapped by fire on front street. And I was like, I read that post and I was just like, that doesn't even make sense. You know, like not knowing what she was talking about. Right, right. But then all of a sudden when I woke up the morning, I was just like, oh my God, I mean, that makes sense now. Right. right? So, right. Um, and then so going forward in the morning, they were these two bummy guys, you know, that were living on one of the streets, just a block from Front Street. They had ran down their street a block away to front street down to the because the fire was coming down the hill they ran down to the harbor they stopped where that image is that i have on our stream so let me let me put the banner up for the gofundme so if you go to our gofundme and i'm gonna put the i'm gonna share my screen now because i want to show you this image of why I picked this image of the GoFundMe too. So share the screen of, okay. So can you guys all see this image right. here? Okay, so these guys are describing that they were standing here watching this fire and because it's coming down this, this, they'd come down a, a previous street ahead of here, but they had walked over here and they're, they're watching this fire and they were running over here and there was a guy standing here and he was smoking a cigarette and he was just like watching this fire come down Front Street. And so the harbor is just right over here, like a street away. Okay. So, um, and they're like, you know, all the streets the fire was coming down and they're like well aren't you going to come down to the beach you know it's safer down there and he's like no bra i'm just going to stay here and they're like wait you know like right. you got to come with us come on come on he's like no i'm not coming you know i mean the at that point there were people realizing that these fires were people were already coming to their senses that these fires were so extreme that they were un, um, I, I, I don't know how to explain it, that maybe they were unsavable or there was no escape right. against what I want to say. People were already kind of giving up. Um, th this might've been a little later, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. When I first saw the video of this one, this was one of the first videos I saw. This was <clears throat> Lahaina Pizza Company. 
And um, I, I mean, this is the building that is on fire here is the infamous building that, you know, um, Fleetwood Mac played in in the oh, 70s. Right. Right. And Elton John would get on the piano and Aerosmith uh, right. would, you know, that that time frame of all these burned out 70s right. artists would come to Maui and just drop out and get away from the world. That is that building. It's probably one of the most iconic buildings ever in, in, in it's on fire. So to me, that is right there is a very just, I just yeah. love it, you know, but anyways, I, um, I just want everybody, if they can, to go to the GoFundMe and Absolutely. donate what you can, 20 bucks, 25. Right. I mean, I, I can't even believe that people have already given so much and out in the outreach. And here's the other thing. I, I'm, I've got high school friends that I haven't talked to in, well, I don't want to date myself, but like 30, almost 40 years. Right. <laughs> and people that have been following us all along and um, and have reached out to Ross and I and said, I'm donating and I can't, you know, I'm sorry, I haven't talked to you, but, you know, right. I follow you guys all the time. And, right. And right. Uh, it's great to talk to you again, you know. Yeah, yeah boy. Tragedy will sometimes, it's a crazy thing, but it, you know, it, it it's it's terrible but it brings long lost friends and family together uh, you know it's a shame that tragedies have to occur but sometimes there's something good that does come out of the tragedy because it brings folks back together uh yeah. reconnects you know it does it does i think it, we've all kind of um uh as far as how we've dealt with it um we've all done it differently like rob our worker he was mia last week um i don't he was talking to ross i thought he was working um because he kind of part-time sometimes for the tow truck people so i just thought he was hauling stuff or doing something he, he just wanted to volunteer and help so him and his wife just went over there and did rescue sure. stuff i guess but some of his stuff is pretty harrowing um he said some of the stuff he saw was awful there was a man that i mean when he came back to work i just hugged him i i i just i mean i know he was alive so you know but he just had to be active you right. know some people just go into action and they have to be active right. i guess right. was his response um he said that one of the first things he saw was a man sitting on his porch, front porch, in a chair, just sitting, burned to death in ash, just in his, just, just sitting there, like as if he was a statue. Right. And that's the kind of stuff you're seeing. 
that's terrible. Terrible. Today's uh, news or headlines or last night's headlines was they finally caught, the government is finally copying to the fact that there's a lot of children in bodies Gosh. or dead. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of old people too. I mean, I know it's easy to be okay with older people. You know, they lived a life or, you know, it's your grandma and grandpa. Okay, maybe less, but, you know, children, that's rough. Yeah, that's the, the magnitude of the tragedy is, you know, is overwhelming. And in, in whether it's a, an elderly person or a child, it's it's a terrible, terrible tragedy. And so you can't minimize life, whether someone is elderly or, you know, in their prime or, or an, a child, you know, to, to yeah. lose the life in that situation. No circumstances, just horrific, just horrible. Ross is sort of more of the, um, he's kind of the internal kind of guy. He just internalizes it. Um, he doesn't want to be on, he doesn't want to be on the podcast or I know he has something important to say or whatever, but he just doesn't want to be on the show right now. Right. Um, <clears throat> me, I'm kind of like a little bit of both. Like everybody that reached out were, I mean, I was just so grateful. I mean, like the first day or two, like I couldn't believe my phone was just, everybody's phone's just blowing up right now. I mean, everybody on the island is just phones blowing up. You know, are you okay? Are you okay? And it was okay for the, like the first day. I had people from like our fans, our fans, like South Africa, like, like everybody was just everywhere. And, you know, I, of course I'm everywhere on social media from, you know, business page to Instagram to whatever. And it's just too much to even answer sometimes when the phone blows up. But right. um, if I'm slow to answer, just be patient. But um, come like Thursday, Friday, I, I just couldn't answer anymore. I mean, I, I had Gima reached out. Powder Coating Institute reached out. SEMA reached out. <laughs> um, Tiger reached out. Columbia Coatings, Angela from Columbia Coatings reached out. Um, I mean, so many individual powder coaters reached out that we know. Right. Um, right. You got you reached out. I mean, just so many companies reached out, um, Goyer management reached out cause they run PCI and they run the powder coating tough magazine. I mean, just like, I right. can't believe, uh, Scott Francis from product finishing. I haven't reached, I haven't returned, uh, his call yet but, or email yet, but I will. And, um, I mean, it's just, the list goes on and on and on. So I will get back to you. And that's why I, you know, over the weekend, I just sat there. I wanted to do something, but I had family in town that was just trying to, I ha that had flown in from Oahu and they were just trying to kind of, and I had to let them use my car just so they could run around town and right. get there. Right. Yeah. Know, get 
family all their extended family all together and stuff. So I just kind of sat there and just got my act together personally and, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, yesterday or what was it the day before or whatever, I got my fundraiser together and stuff like that. But I think what I'm going to do, and this is the miraculous thing. I, uh, let me see if I can, um, is the week that we, the week that we, uh, that the fires happened. I'm not sure we can put this up on the, maybe I can, hold on. Um, the week that we did the, uh, the of the fires, Yes. I don't know who's doing this. Why is it doing this? Um, we did uh, a powder. We did something with our patina powder coat. Uh huh. And I want to show everybody this. It is so cool. And I wanted. I got an idea from um, another powder coater who said something to me. So let me see if I can share it here. Sorry, I'm a little all over the place with my tabs. Um, this is the coolest thing. So, and it's so, it's kind of so ironic, like uh, with um, I don't, I don't know why. Oh, entire screen window. Oh, here we go. Can you see the tree? Oh yeah, yeah, the banyan tree. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it looks like a banyan tree, but this was actually going on a fence or something or some kind of gate. And okay. Ross did the patina powder coat on it. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So somebody, one of the other friends of ours, a powder uh, patina, uh, a powder coater friends of ours, uh, suggested maybe we do a smaller version of it and we sell them as fundraisers. Oh. And then all the proceeds can go to, um, you know, uh, can go to raising funds for. Right, right. I'm like, wow. So I called the people that did this and they're going to get me a bid for that and see if we can't, you know, if anybody knows that the infamous banyan tree got burned and right. they're right. trying to save the tree and they found out yesterday that there is still sap in the tree. Wonderful. And they, I guess they flew in a specialist or something. So they're sure. going to try to save the tree as best they can. Wow. And um, the guy that takes care of the tree, he's a local boy. And I don't, I didn't know this at the time, but he, he's actually related to, I donated to my, my net nephew is half Hawaiian and donated to his, Venmo account, and uh, he takes care of Banyan Tree with his 85-year-old grandma. Oh, wow. So, anyways, cool. yeah, he's been taking care of Banyan Tree. He cried when he went down there to go look at it. It was I'm he was sure. featured in the news. So. Yeah, it was. I saw it on the news last night. Yeah. 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 yeah so, 
I thought that's just too cool. The yeah. day after the fire, they came and picked this up. Wow. And Ross wasn't happy with it. He thought it was, it didn't, he wanted to work on it some more, but I just thought, are you kidding me? This is gorgeous. But anyways, it's, uh, we don't know where it was going though. I don't know. So we weren't sure where it was going, but oh. it was going on some fence or something or gate. Huh. Wow. Very no. cool. Yeah. That was the quickest picture I could take of it too. I, I right. mean, it was, it's a quick one because they were loading it up and I ran out there and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Right. <laughs> well, sometimes you're so busy, you don't even have time to take pictures of stuff, you know? It's so Find, true. That happens all the time. I, you know, customers there, they want to pick it up, you know, hey, your parts are done. And next thing you know, and you say, damn, I didn't even get a picture of that. Oh, well, yeah. you know, uh, plenty more opportunities, more more parts in the future. I'm, You know, we always have, but that happens yeah. a lot. You just don't have time to get pictures. Yeah. So, and, and I'm sorry, I haven't been on the show. I think, I, I think, I don't know what happened. I think we just got really, really busy. I mean, busy in the sense that I was training my daughter. We only have this one spot to do stuff with. And we were really just working hard, getting her going and training her at this desk. And that's kind of where I do everything. Right. right and it right. just, uh, it's kind of hard to do it all from this one desk, you know? Um, but I have all these awesome, I have like four or five, but I'm going to get back into it. You know, I hope the fans can understand. Sometimes you have to just, I don't know. I don't know what my fans think. Well, you know, um, people understand it's life, right? And, and life happens and, and things occur and uh, so many things happen that are beyond your control or, you know, anyone's control. So I think, I think people are understanding that, especially in the powder coating world, <laughs> you know, we all know if it can go wrong, you know, uh, you could do that job a hundred times and a hundred one right. time it's a disaster, you know, and, and it doesn't matter whether it's your first day on the job or whether you've been coding for 10 years, you know, and, and that's kind of what happens a lot of times, you know, in, in just our everyday life, you know, you plan, 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 this will be no problem. And then monkey wrench gets thrown into things and you're, you're completely sidetracked and you've lost track of time. Your agenda is, you know, completely screwed up. And how do you get back on track? You know, yeah. that, that becomes really hard. All these things are in motion and you're just saying, wait, wait a second. Two weeks ago, my life was great. Everything was easy. It was rolling, you know, nice and systematic, but now trying to get back, you know, I was doing my podcast and editing and getting ready for this one. And now, you know, things just kind of get thrown up in the air and, and you got to just take a deep breath and reassess and get your priorities back in order. And, and you know what? get organized and organization is the key to it and then start start yeah. at ground zero and and drive forward you know you know it's funny because it's like it's not that anything was going really wrong or sideways for us i mean we um i came back from powder coating week in february march and we got an invite to do a white paper and be featured in powder coating tough magazine and that's what ended up happening and then i started freaking out because 
I knew I was ready to write that article, but I didn't know how I'd never written a white paper before. Right. And it took a long time to edit that article because I had so much to say and I didn't know how to say it. Right. It's so out of the box and so new of a finish. Uh-huh. And how do you write about something that's never been, I mean, everybody reads those articles and it's saying it's, some of them are just so like, it's the same technology just rewritten over and over again right. or right. set in a different way or, you know, and patinas are exciting, but they're kind of less technical and more, um, I don't know if you want to say decorative or just so beautiful or more artistic or, you know, like, so how do I write them in a more technical way? Um, I don't think you, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. You know, so I had a lot of data that I wanted to say. Um, it wasn't necessarily technical data, but it was data nonetheless. Right. Um, it was survey data and it was data about what people thought about them. Right. And it was addressing trends in the marketplace and how they could cross over into uh, mega trends and, you know, like trends that paint coatings couldn't achieve. Right. That powder coatings could. Right. So, um, but it had never been written before. (laughs) So, you know, like that was the challenge for me. And so I spent a lot of time writing that. And then the next, um, thing was that it got published and then all these leads came in for it and that got overwhelming because I had no way to track all these leads. And then I got some help with that. Right. And then I got some interest, um, and that culminated into some meetings and, um, and I hope, I hope we can move forward in a big way, um, globally with it. <laughs> I can't really say much more than that, but you know, if not, then Ross and I will just pick another avenue to go and just, we'll keep trudging, um, right. Right. with it. It's not easy to do what we're trying to do with it. Right. It's easy enough just to say, okay, we'll, we'll show you how, and, and we'll, you know, and then there, there's that, you know what I mean? It's not that easy. It, yeah, it's, it, but you know, I want to, I want to share it with the world in a, um, in a way that everyone can benefit from it and that in a framework that works for everyone. Right. And it's like, you've got all these, say you've got all this cattle in the corral and if you let the one out, then you let, you know what I mean? Like you you gotta be careful about letting all the cattle out (laughs) or you're going to have like, you know, you're going to have too many cattle in the range. Right. You know, like that's, it's, and then it's uh it's not a matter of the you know it's not a matter of letting too much cattle out it's just like you, you want to make sure that everybody has the support 
of the technology that we give them right and, and you know and it's not just north america it's europe too uh that we're having to worry about and that's the problem is it's so broadly needed and broadly wanted sure how do we approach each market when each market has different needs and that's what we've discovered and that's what our meeting was about yesterday um, and stuff so uh because powder coatings our needs are different in different regions Absolutely right? there. you know Absolutely. and that's that's what i'm learning now is you know america is like the wild west when it comes to powder coatings or you know right whereas europe is like yeah, we like our powders like this and like that and we only like them through this way right and you have to be specified and we like our bow ties like this and you know and then you know then you've got like we like it anyway we like you know? right. <laughs> mr toad's wild ride you know right. so like how do i develop a product line around all of those different kinds of people yeah and, and you can't you know all you can do is is kind of have uh i guess you'd say just a, a basic uh a basic format and then however you know for those that want to take it further they take it further for those that are happy with the baseline they use the baseline for those that you know it's too much then then you know you have to take it down a step but i but i don't think that one size is going to fit all and yeah. I don't, and I, and I definitely know having, you know, spent, uh, you know, better part of my whole, you know, last 20 years traveling the world. Uh, I can tell you that, that, uh, you know, everything is so different. Asia culture norms are so different than European versus North American versus South American. It's all so different. And, yeah. and that's the way it is with powder coatings too. You look at wheels, for example, in in Europe, and then look at wheels in North America. I mean, we got crazy wheels. You look at you look go to Germany or go to Amsterdam or go to uh, France, or Paris, or anything. It's silver. It's silver. <laughs> it's silver, and it's silver. You know. So I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. There are you know some of the sports cars, yeah, a little bit fancier, but for the most part, wheels are silver. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So um and that's good. It's, you know they, right. they don't want, they don't need flash, they don't need doesn't have to be fancy. Nice silver wheel is good, you know. So uh and I'm sure that you know that's the way you're going to find with with your patina powder coat that you know um It's a distribution thing. It's twofold. It's a distribution thing in Europe. And it's a, um, but for us, it's also a performance thing in Europe. Um, and then thirdly, it's a performance thing for Mau for, for Maui Powderworks. Sure. So, um, and I, I, I wish I could talk more about it, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like at first I thought, wow, Europe would be the easiest place to start it. And then now I'm thinking, hmm, maybe not, right. you know, right. but, um, we're working it. I mean, any lead that comes in that, you know, we're just baby stepping our way there, you know, well, you have to, you have to, because it'd be overwhelming if, if you didn't, <laughs> right. you know, um, and then 
and then you just gotta decide you know okay focus on one area and, and develop that or get the base the base plan and then i guess uh, you know spin off from that but uh until you've got that basic program or training or, or base plan it's pretty hard to say what what would we do in in asia what could we do in north america what would we do in you know europe it's that'd be overwhelming very overwhelming yeah and i just um i i think you know it's easy for people looking in to realize it it seems looking at it seems simple enough um but you just do this that blah 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 you know right. well yeah it seems that but it it's not right. <laughs> you know there's a lot of well, um well it, it, i mean think about that uh talk about as a powder coater um uh, telling somebody oh you throw throw the wheel on the strip tank pull it out of the strip tank rinse it neutralize it real quick <laughs> give it a blast coat it it's done right and tell somebody that and they're like wow that's all there is to it but then go ahead and do that process that we just explained Gosh, and it's so a whole true. different animal right it's Isn't a whole it? different animal so yeah. it sounds great sounds easy oh man i could do that i can just go down to harbor freight give me a little harbor freight gun you know put some furnace filters up a little box fan shoot some powder do my wheels piece of cake yeah <laughs> yeah you know and so again you can you can dumb it down to the to the lowest level you can dumb it down but it's yes. not but but the you know to to you to be cliche here, but but the adhesion aspects of it, right? Right. Getting someone to do to, it to right travel, to do it right is a whole different is a whole another whole another animal. It really. is. So, it is. So you know, so so with your process that you're describing and you're talking about, you know how I'm going to interpret it versus someone in Europe's going to interpret it versus someone in Asia's going to or someone down in Florida or Canada or. You know, on the east yeah, coast. Yeah, well, coast, if you want to make, different. if you really want it done right in Europe, you need to be Qualicoat one and two, and uh -huh. you know, Qualicoat one. They won't even right. look at you. You know, I right, mean, right, yeah. There's those standard. guys doing wheel powder coating in in Europe, and I mean, they're nothing. Those right. are like little gnats to them. You know, right. right. I mean, you think it's hard for us to show ourselves as wheel powder coaters here in America? Those right. guys are just you know they're 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 nothing right. they have no support system in europe none 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 you know yeah. and, and you know we're like laughing at them when they post in our groups like hey do you know where i can get some stripper and it's like no just right go, just google it or just whatever right and they're like no i have to ship it from america right. <laughs> you're like what same with you know, powder. Yeah, all the time they struggle just to get good powder, you know, quality powder, right. you know. Yeah. Um, and we thought Austri uh, Australians had it bad, right? right? You know, people like Benny and stuff have right. to pay all that in shipping and stuff. Right. DC right. And, and everybody um, and SNS. But, um, you know, it's even worse for those guys in England and U UK. Oh, yeah. Well, England yeah. is UK. Right. But um, we have fortunate enough to have an opportunity in the UK that we're trying to put together. And I think we're so close to um, to that one. And it's not a it it it, it doesn't have to be a Qualicoat one, but we will eventually have to become Qualicoat one and Qualicoat two 
you know, but but hopefully by that time we'll have had the, you know, the attention of uh, somewhat a formulator there to help right. us. Right. Yeah, and that's what we need is, you know, these suppliers, these powder suppliers are so huge. They're global. Right. Oh, yeah. And if we can get their attention. Right. Then we can kind of tell them, oh, hey, uh, you know that powder I want, you know, can you can you can you do this? Can you can right. you do that? Can you, you know, um, can you make it like this? Um, right. And that's that's the stuff that we know that we like what we're looking right. for. Right. Right. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's uh, got a challenge ahead of you, but, you know, anything worth having is worth working for. So, you know, that's the bottom, you know, it's the old, the old cliche, you know, hard work pays off <laughs> and yeah. there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts to the, to the top, you know, but that article I wrote in powder coating tap magazine is, um, a three year goal. It took three years to, to get there. That was a three year. Goal. Well, yeah, that, you know, that's, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, subscribe to that, you know, and I think I've, I think I've had that magazine for two, three years, I think, something like that. You never see a custom coder uh, <laughs> have an article in there. You know, it's always industrial. It's always big, large batch coder. It's, it's, you know, it's I never. I was very grateful. I was yeah. very grateful. Yeah. And they helped, they helped, I mean, they rearranged the article for me. I mean, that was my, sure. you know, they, they, they handheld me or, you know, and I, I was ha happy that it was even published, you right. know, like that, right. that was a lot of those yeah. people who have degrees. Yeah. Well, it's a big boost. It's a big boost, you know, so to your I was business. very, very yeah. grateful yeah. and will yeah. always be grateful for that, you know, yeah, so, sure. um, sure. but, uh, but moving on, um, you know, I don't know what else we want to talk about, but I do have some, you know, uh harrowing stories i think that as far as the fires it's like I, I think there was a huge travesty um i mean it's quite evident that these fires were more than meets the eye um as far as unprecedented um unusual, not normal. Um, we were, the, these fires, we were in a similar situation in 2017 when back when we were still living in Lahaina, where we had Hurricane Lane. I don't know if you remember Hurricane Lane coming through the islands. It actually hit Honolulu and they actually did get rain and flooding and stuff like a regular hurricane. Uh -huh. We just had dry winds and fires. And that's Ross's family had a five acre estate in Lahaina and they nearly lost their house like twice in one night. So the fires started below, came back, came up and then went back down. And if it wasn't for Ross, Ross had to get his mom out of the house, not once, but twice. And then um, if it wasn't for him watering the propane tank and the grass around it, it would have just exploded and then ignited the house on fire. Um, 
they lost eight or nine homes in the subdivision that they were at and every home around his parents estate was uh caught fire except for theirs wow yeah and that was it back in 2017 so like the first thing that out of the lieutenant governor's mouth was i don't know we never had this before blah 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 and i'm like hell no you're a liar this right. happened before on maui so you know don't tell me you never had a hurricane that never brought right. rain and then caused fires so that's not true right but um i think that some of the contributing factors was that and i've talked about this on the show before our infrastructure is second world our electricity is second world you don't see it here and our everything about our island is fragile um, our infrastructure is fragile it's not like the mainland um, it's a delicate balance everything that we have here is a delicate balance our ecosystem our infrastructure and utilities our food right. it's all an illusion in, in a sense it's paradise but it's an illusion in some sense right sure. you know right um because if the dock workers go on strike we don't get food right um, if the planes if we have covid <laughs> no tourists right <laughs> if the right. pilots go on strike no tourists right right um if get one hurricane you know like everything's flooded out and nobody can get on the roads right, right. um you know and this is just one of those another one of those things you know where it's just been like the perfect kind of katrina it's like a katrina i would i would call it like the katrina of the pacific because um that's kind of how it feels except for it's worse in the sense that you can't reach us you know you cannot um it's complete isolation in the sense and even the people that are on the west side are isolated they're in a bubble they still don't have cell phone service they can only text people now <laughs> the electricity just finally went on wow um my daughter i finally told my daughter last thursday like the day you know a day 48 hours after it happened i'm because she's up north of lahaina so i said look just come over here. We got everything, you know, water, gas, you know, right. you know, there was no gasoline. Everybody had pumped their gas already. There was, so they were already out of fuel. Um, people were already just starting to make food. And as soon as the food got there or the ice got there, people were saying there was looting. There wasn't looting. They were just going to the trucks and just grabbing because they were so hungry or they were so thirsty or they were so whatever wow. they were just attacking the trucks and just grabbing and then leaving right um it was uh she basically only had like butane and uh to cook on and once that ran out, there was, you know, cold showers. It was just, it, it, you know, the communication between the county and the mayor and the police, um, the state, 
and the governor has been horrendous. Like the the left hand and the right hand don't know what they're doing. Even FEMA and, you know, and then, I mean, it's absurdity of like, I don't want to say like the cowering or the adoration of the governor uh, saying things like, oh, we're so grateful that FEMA's here. I mean, he just like, like, um, just ingratiating himself to the FEMA director. Like, it's her fucking job to be here, bitch. Yeah. Like, it's her job to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say you're grateful. If, you know, <laughs> you brought up Katrina, and if you go back, if you remember, you remember the horrible disconnect between the National Guard, FEMA, FEMA directors having steaks and drinks and everything's going to be good. And all, yeah, we got it covered. We're good. Boss, everything is fine. Uh, you know, the local grunts are saying, we got a problem here. Hold on. You know, we got major problems here. And there's, it, you find that the government, whether that be federal or, or state, county, municipal, nobody works together. It's when there's a catastrophic event everybody points the fingers it's your fault no it's your fault wait a minute you didn't call us you're supposed to do this you're supposed to do that there's no organization you know and when these things happen these catastrophes occur you just see number one and i've told my kids this and i tell family and friends this, if you think the government is coming to rescue you you are crazy okay they are not coming you have to rescue yourself you have to take care of yourself. the folks that jumped in the the ocean to save themselves that's right because guess what the fema director ain't coming fema director's still in la waiting for the chartered plane to, to bring her to come in to, to say oh man this is terrible we'll get you federal aid no 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 nobody's coming you got to save yourself and you know and that's that's the takeaway from every time there's a catastrophe of epic proportion the only people that the heroic events that you hear, it's not about the National Guard coming in and saving you. It's about neighborhoods and community members banding together and going and, and saving elderly people and getting them out and children and everything else. It's it's not the government. The government this is not going to save you. <laughs> this is my main point today. This is why our founding fathers made a republic. They made a republic because they knew that their gov a government, no matter how great or big or small or whatever, could not do could not save you. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right, right. You can't. Yeah, you can't. They're homesteaders that you right. can only save yourself in an emergency. Right. And um, Bucky. I don't know if anybody's watched his videos. Buggy saved the, he didn't save the Methodist church, but um, he saved his auntie's house behind the Methodist church, but the Methodist church was his church. And, you know, part of what Buggy was saying was, um, Buggy's the kind of guy that has like, he's real scary looking cause he's got the tattoos all over his face and right. like everywhere, you know? Uh -huh. And um, heart of gold, though. Yeah. 
and um, he went and had to put water all over his auntie's house and stuff. And that's the only reason why his auntie's house was saved was because he put water. And even the preschool that's behind the Methodist church, which ironically was the school preschool that uh, uh, Alexa, one of the preschools I think Jessica went to, um, was partially saved. Um, you know, he goes, you cannot blame people that left their loved ones behind, you know? And I have a friend who I'll show you her story today. If there's time, she had to do that. Yeah, that's tough. Um, my friend Lori, she is, um, you know, she's, she's a, a, a stout Lahaina woman and she born and raised and will do anything for this community. And she's very well known in this community. She got me and her and I kind of got involved to a certain point at our, at, at my elementary school, uh, Catholic elementary school. And, um, we put together an archive of all the Catholic nuns and the Catholic school, some of the pictures and stuff, which fortunately, um, the Catholic school is still there and the Catholic church is still there. Um, but, uh, you know, her whole thing was, her whole thing was to kind of document that was kind of like her part-time hobby was to document everything in Lahaina, like events, you know, like Halloween and, you know, just, she was very, she's Chinese, partly part Chinese. So like anything like Chinese new year or anything to do with anything in the happening in Lahaina, she was taking pictures of or sharing videos of and she's Hawaiian. So she's like any event, she's so well connected in the community and her, she has an uncle who was um, kind of invalid and in, in the bed. And uh, she said in her post, she, she lives up Lahaina Luna, which is the part that was burned down. And of course she lost everything. And um, she handed her uncle a fire extinguisher. She tried to explain to him what was happening, handed him a fire extinguisher, left all the doors unlocked, called, left the house, called 911, and went uphill to, to like Lahaina Luna High School. She had to leave them there. Yeah. And I have a video of her. Um, I mean, she's been off kind of, you know, she said she's off the grid because like it's hard, probably hard for her to even talk about what she had to do. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's not easy for anyone to have to make that choice. Or that decision. Yeah. She had to make that choice. Who, would you be able to make that choice? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but here's a video of like what her, now fortunately her, um, uh, 
unfortunately, her, um, let me close this. I mean, her, again, her grant, her, um, her uncle was kind of older, you know, but, and had lived a long life, but still like, doesn't make it any easier, right? No, it doesn't. It definitely does not. Terrible choice. Here's her one of her videos here. Mm. That was her leaving her house. Wow. How uh how hard were those winds blowing? 80 wow. plus. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And you have to realize they were reaching degrees of 1,000. Jeez. There were people in, I mean, there were people in, I mean, if you were burned alive in your car, you were burned alive at a thousand degrees or more. I mean, the fires alone were a thousand degrees. You're right. Wow. Terrible. I mean, this is Michael. I mean, my Ross's brother grew up with Michael. Um, he was looking for his father. His father didn't make it. <laughs> Thank God, Irene. Irene used to run the um, Ace Hardware in the I used to see her every day. They're alive, thank God. But I think their house burned down. Um, I mean, these are all friends I grew up with. Heidi, Mary, these are all people I know. Here's Angie. Um, Angie's parents were the first people to perish in Lahaina. They were, we, they were the first people to, that we found out that um, died in the fire and they died at home. They got stuck in their house oh. and um, they just started. Angie's dad was the first people, one of the first people to announce um, that they announced yesterday as one of the first people like they did a DNA thing. Right. Right. And he's one of the first of the 106 that they've announced that have passed away and they've DNA matched. And she's an ICU nurse. Oh, Lord. But both of her parents died. I mean, this is somebody I grew up with in Lahaina. This is Patrick. Um, I, I'm hoping he said he'd come on the show. He's like one of the first. This is his Halloween costume. Um, he's like one of the first people. In fact, I'm going to see if we can head over to his um, Facebook page because um he had he was like one of the first here this is like one of the first this is this video of his house burning um that's it that's what's left and he every everything was burned we used to live across his, that there is my old house right that's him that, that there is my old house across from him because we used to live across the street from him and that old house across the street is where my my friend 
because when we moved out of that house, my friend moved into that house and his house, is, that house is gone. And my friend lost everything in that house. My friend Andy moved into that house. But what's interesting about Patrick is I don't know how Patrick managed to post this because there were no communications. It's a miracle that he managed to post this at one o'clock in the morning. We don't know because how he managed to get this out because effectively there were no community. It was a miracle because he was like one of the first people to post out of Lahaina. Huh. And so it was nice to know that Patrick was alive, right? But he, he was like one of the first people to know that he was alive. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, I guess. Yeah, it, it is super crazy. Um, but yeah. And Patrick is, oh, I have to show you this other one. This is, um, okay. Um, can you see this one where it says Tim Tompkins? I don't know if you can see this one. No, I'm not seeing that one. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. Okay. Let me share, stop sharing and then I'll reshare. Okay. This is on the Maui fire and flood disaster relief group. You see this guy, Tim? Yeah. Yeah. Tim Tompkins used to work for us when he was in his 20s. And we were in our 20s. <laughs> but he was in his young 20s, okay? Uh, okay. Ross used to be a boat captain. Here, I'll show you. I don't know if I can. Oh, yeah. I'll show you Tim's profile here. I'll show you what Ross and I used to do when we were kids. Okay. Tim um, is a boat captain now, but he lives in South Carolina. He's from South Carolina. And we recently reconnected with Tim a year ago. Actually, I reconnected with Tim a, a week before Ross got into his horrible <laughs> motorcycle accident. And I was going to send him a picture of the boat we all used to work on. Okay. And stuff because we used to do um, boat charters and stuff out of Lahaina. Gotcha. Tim, it loves Lahaina. I mean, he that was the some of the best um, time in our life. And he knows Kevin MacArthur. Result. Kevin is my classmate. I don't know how him and Kevin know each other, but whatever. But and then Tim Putnam is a, a boat captain out of Lahaina Harbor. So that's how Tim and and Tim know each other. But anyways. Tim is offering anybody that lives in Lahaina to come out to Myrtle Beach and stay with him in his home. Wow. For free. Like, just shoot him an email or a message. This is incredible. Like, I, I don't even know how to... That is just a beautiful offer. And I said something on that to that, to that effect. I got to share this post. This is amazing. Um, but this is the kind of effect that Maui has on you. You know, <laughs> yeah. it just makes me cry. Yeah. Um, but I got to share this post and, and how awesome, awesome this is. Um, um, 
and Barbara, who liked this post, this is amazing. Barbara is a client of mine from way back when she's when I used to do interior decorating. But let me, I want to take you to Tim's page because he posted a. Um, if you know, if you know, if you're ever in South Carolina, say hi to Tim Tompkins for me. He's a boat captain in South Carolina, and he's an awesome guy. And it's so good to know him. And I, I want to show you a picture of his. Where do I go to his profile? main page i want to show you a picture of the boat we used to work on oh here's a picture of the boat oh no that's not that's not the boat um i think he posted a picture of it shocks where is it where do you go to people's photos see all photos now i'm gonna get creepy i thought he posted a picture of it darn it well that's what it used to look like <laughs> oh shucks Darn it. I'll send you a picture of the boat. It's, okay. it's called the first class. I'm not going to stop sharing now. I'm bragging about, <laughs> I'm bragging about Tim Tompkins, but um, is a beautiful person. And we have lots of good times when we were young and another person Ross taught how to sail and stuff might have it saved on my favorites, but big, beautiful sailboat. Nice, nice. Anyways, um, some harrowing stories, and there's some other some other ones are like uh, a group of um, guys or in the early first few days when resources were so thin. Um, there were a group of motorcycle guys, like dirt bike guys, that were running up and down the um old cane roads along the mountain you know hills and stuff that were running that were running resources and whatever anybody needed up and down to get resources and whatever people needed to their homes or running people up and down i don't know they were just heroes unsung heroes right right well Oh, you're going to hear a lot more stories before this is over, obviously, about uh, the hero heroism of, you know, everyday people, you know, and that's what you see usually. It's the neighbor, it's the grandma, it's the uncle, it's the aunt, it's, it's, it's the hero, you know, it really is. Not necessarily yeah. the, the, the fireman, the policeman, the National Guardman, it's the, it's the people in the community that become the real heroes, you know. I think that some people are upset about the <clears throat> fire department and the police they're really angry about them right now 17 out of 18 fire fire department uh firemen lost their homes um i think one or two of the fire trucks burned to <laughs> burned up yeah I think they were trying, but some of the newer information was that a state uh, worker, because our pumps are generated by electric, uh -huh. and the water wasn't there. They had to turn on a pump, and the water wasn't there. So early on in the fire, um, there was a 
earlier fire and then it got put out, but then it was still smoldering and then it reignited. And then they didn't put it out. So a bunch of construction workers brought up their water trucks and they try to put it out, but then they called up the state guy and he was being kind of stingy or something with the water. He, 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 he had to ask permission from a farm to get the water to turn on or something. It was just some weird communication thing going on. It was really weird. And because of that delay, it, it, it didn't get put out fast enough. Um, but there are some other more serious issues that happened that are piecing together a framework for what went on. And that is eyewitness. Now this is on the street people now, not like investigative journalism. Okay. But just the guy on the street interviewing another guy, right. About who was in the neighborhood kind of thing. Okay. But this guy was interviewed older man who works on front street selling knickknacky stuff. Right. And he's, he was getting out of front street cause he started to see the fires and he was like, I'm out of here. And so he was walking North out of town and he saw a lot of traffic leaving Lahaina because of the fire. But he also saw a cop car blocking traffic out of town. And the reason why he was blocking the traffic was because there were electrical wires down. And so a lot of cars were trapped going out of town because of electrical wires. And a lot of people were blocked to leave. And that blocked other traffic from leaving and people getting trapped in cars. There's one, um, and I, I don't want to drag this on too much, but there is one, cause I know you've all seen, um, I think that that's kind of what's really been telling for a lot of it is that the fires that are, there's a lot of, the fires were kind of coming down from all three, uh, valleys. And that's what's perplexing me as a resident, a former resident. I've never seen fires like this before. Usually even during Hurricane Lane, when we had that one fire, it was just in Laniapoco. It was just in, um, it was just in, uh, it was in uh, Cahoma Valley. It wasn't in all three valleys. It was just in the one valley. Gotcha. And so it, it almost was like dragon's tongue or dragon's fire kind of thing right. coming down all three. And that's what doesn't make sense to me. Um, I've never, I've lived there my whole life and I've never seen, nobody's ever seen a fire like that before. So that's where a lot of the conspiracy stuff is coming right. from, hearing a lot of it. And I don't believe, I mean, I've watched some of the conspiracy videos and some of it is just like way off base, but right. um, so I don't know, but um, I do know that the something's not right there because even with the high winds and they were kind of crazy, people here call them Obaki winds. Um, and Obaki just means ghost wind. Obaki is a Japanese word for ghost. Um, Obaki winds are 
ghost winds. And they sound the best equivalent, and you probably know this, is they are like tornado winds. That freight train right. kind of sound where it sounds like, you know, it sounds like right. a freight train coming in. It's like that. And then it gets worse because the fire is actually creating that vortex right. effect. Right. So it's like that. But you usually just have it coming from one valley, not all three. So there was some kind of vortex or something happening above, or I'm not sure. There was some kind of climate or weather event or something happening above that was forcing winds down all three valleys because that's the only way that would explain the kind of winds that we had. And that's why we didn't, and we didn't have the electricity to get the water pumps going, but it didn't matter anyways, because we didn't even have enough of police and, and fire people there to even put out the fires anyway. So it was like, forget it. And that's why so many people like we had a lot of homeless that were um i mean they were just or not homeless but just people that just hung out on front street right right you know and just oh well this is my life <laughs> now we did have one lady and this hasn't been confirmed but this might have been this came out on facebook um uh, not Facebook, but Instagram this morning, and it might just be connected. I'm not sure, but early on we heard that there was a lady that had a baby down on, down by the Harbor and she handed her baby to a fireman. And then, cause she couldn't, she couldn't, she had to jump into the ocean to to, to live. So she handed her baby to the fireman and neither her nor the baby nor the fireman have been have been seen so we're not sure if really? that's a a story or because we don't know now but one story came up on on instagram today and it is a grant a, 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 a local lady was getting in her car and leaving with her nine-year-old and her other family members and she was getting in the car and just as she was leaving in her car, she got a knock on the window and it was a grandma knocking on the door saying, take my grandbaby. Mm. And she's like, lady, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right. What do you mean? Take your grandbaby. Like I could barely <laughs> like, and you know, then I guess she took, she took the baby and she gave it to her nine-year-old and the next thing you know they were trying to leave and they got stuck and they just got out of the car and ran they, they couldn't even wow. go in the car by that time and they don't know what happened to the grandma so somebody so that's when you're seeing stuff about kids and grandmas and stuff what what it is is we have a lot of people that work two and three jobs here we have a lot of immigrants and a lot of um we have a lot of immigrants that live here, but we also have a lot of people that struggle to have to live here and they have to work in hotels and right. multiple jobs. And that's why a lot of people have unattended kids. As far as like they were out of school or whatever, they weren't out of school. 
they, they were already out of school. There was school. It was 3 30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon and they were already out of school. The only schools that didn't have school that day were the kids up country because of the up country fires. And those people lost 15 homes or something like that. So it was Kamamia, Seabury, and a couple of elementary schools in my area that didn't go to school that day. All the Lahaina schools had school. They were just out of school already because it started at four o'clock or 3.30 or something like that. But basically, I think it was a down telephone pole wire that started a fire. And it just, because of the winds, it just took off and we have really wow. dry grass. Yeah. And it just happened really fast. And and we have 200-year-old whaling town right. <laughs> with a lot of lead paint and a lot of, right. you know, cinder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, at the same time, do I think uh, a lot of billionaires and multimillionaires have secret agendas and plans to make something out of Lahaina into something more? Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. Because the governor keeps saying and dropping word bombs on Lahaina. And about Lahaina and about the future of Lahaina. And he's like a major zero point, uh, what do they call those silver cities or what do they call those cities? Um, uh, the zero point cities or something. I mean, I keep telling you guys that they want Hawaii to be zero point before everybody else does. Like, they're on an agenda to make Hawaii um, that EV 15 minute city. What do they call it? You know? Yeah, I've heard the talk. I'm not fam really familiar with it, but yeah. I know Ross called it something. I don't know. What does he call it? He called it something. Our governor is like full on, he's like full on like that. And the Democrats are fully into that too. Like, and Hawaii is is committed. I think we're supposed to be five years ahead of the Agenda 21, where they want all of us to be zero point and all this stuff. So, if you think about why all these people are moving here, I mean, a lot of people like that are moving here and building homes here smart cities that's what it is smart cities right. um, you know it, it, when you connect the dots that way it does make sense and a lot of people they're saying and i don't know if it's 100 percent true but I, I imagine a lot of them have been called to um sell their lands and and right. stuff <clears throat> so i think there is some you know it might be getting blown out of proportion but i think there is some people um that have been called to sell their land and you know opportunists and stuff like that right there is some of that um but it's too chaotic now to you know but i really do you know my call to action is i do really hope that this stream gets out there and please donate as best you can 
whatever you can. For sure. For it's sure. painful. It's painful to watch. I know. Um, it's not your neighborhood. I understand. Um, well, uh, you can't say that it's not your neighborhood because you know what? It could be. And, and that's, that's, nobody thought that Katrina would happen. Nobody thought the Maui fires would happen. Nobody, any devastation that has occurred. Nobody ever thought that, oh, that's those people, right? <laughs> that's them. That happens in California. That happens in New York. That happens in Florida. That happens in Dallas or Houston. Doesn't happen in my town, but uh, but it yeah. you know you find out real quickly that you know what <laughs> it can happen in anybody's town. So obviously, if uh, you know if you have the means or whatnot to support the GoFundMe, that's a, that's a great thing. And, and I know uh, from the past ones that I've been involved in to help folks, every little bit counts and, and does help. Yeah, thanks, Rich. I mean, you can go to my homepage. It's MauiPowderWorks.com. Um, I think I've got, you can go to my Instagram and it's in my profile. Right. Simply enough, just at Maui Powderworks. Those are the two right. easiest places to find it. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's coming along. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm getting there and I know more is coming. Right. Um, I know it's been a long podcast and I, and I just wanted to share some of my personal stories with of my friends. I'm gonna try to have some more of my friends. And I actually just had um, BJ uh, was on with his own personal story and his own personal GoFundMe with his Vermont fun, uh, flooding. Slugs. Yeah, I, right. And then lo and behold, I you know I was feeling sorry for him, and I donated to his. Cause yeah, for sure. Who knew I was going to have my own? Right, right. <sighs> yeah. And stuff. Um, and who knows? It's around the corner. Who knows? But I, I, my point is this. If you have listened to this podcast, if you have visited us, we had three powder coaters come and visit us in July. <laughs> um, I think right. somebody even came in June. Um, and... Uh, you know, if you've just come to Maui, I had every single, every single one of the guys that have emailed me have come to Maui, been to Maui, you know, right. Maui infects you, you know, it, 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 it gets under your skin, you know, yeah. whether you visited our tiny little shop or not. Right. Um, yeah, you I've, know, I've, I've been to Honolulu, but I've never made it to, uh, to Maui. So it's so. infectious. It yeah. is infectious. And, you know, it, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't ever forget it. I mean, I haven't seen Tim since he was like 24, 25. And I, right. you know, that was over 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And here he is donating his home and inviting right. people to move to South Carolina if they have yeah. to. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, if you know Kim and Ross, if you've met me, if you've talked to me on the phone, if you have, if we've done a job for you, um, if you've met Ross on a good day, <laughs> um, you know, then you know Aloha, you know, you know Maui, right. uh, you know Maui Powderworks, you know Lahaina, you know who we are. Um, 
So please donate to our GoFundMe. And I'm going to, I promise you, all these funds are going to go to friends and family in need. Every single one of my friends, thankfully, uh, my close friends and family are alive, thank God, but they do need your support. Every single one lost their home, every single one. And um, every single one lost their business. Oh. And these are people that make our cards, our business cards, right. our uh, our t-shirts, our hats, every single one. I mean, we still have, even though our business isn't over there, we still never changed our resources. Right. Um, we still were using businesses on that side. Even our, um, our water delivery guy is on that side. <laughs> we never changed that either. Right. Right. The good news out of all this, my PO box is on there. And I don't have to pay my bills this month because I can't get my mail. <laughs> that was the right. best part. I'm like, I looked at, no, that's not true. I mean, right. yeah, I, I was sad. I actually, that was the last vestige of my life of Lahaina. Living in Lahaina was my PO box. I, I just paid the bill for another year. And I'm like, I just couldn't get out of Lahaina. You know, I still have my heart there. Right. And I can't get my mail now because the whole building burned down. Right. Um, oh. so I don't know. And I still haven't heard from my bank. That's my bank burnt down too. And I'm surprised I haven't heard from bank of Hawaii. Hmm. Um, they haven't emailed me, not, you know, my bank account right. is there, but I mean, right. my, my money is still there digitally, but right. Right. fortunately I didn't have a safe deposit box or anything. Right. One guy, a friend of mine had a safe. And he said he went in there to go get the safe and all of his stack of gold was melted. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, right. I'm a glob. <laughs> yeah. So, Literally. anyways, Rich, I thank you for putting up yeah. with me. It's hey. not easy asking for money. It's yeah, well, well, you know, Kim, the powder coating world appreciates you and uh, appreciates, you know, you bring the podcast, whatnot. So if the community can give back a little bit and help you guys out you know i think it's a, an awesome thing and that's you know at the end of the day you know i said it i think the last time you had me on you know um i uh, powder coaters help powder coaters i mean i you know for the most part powder coaters are good hard-working people um willing to willing to help at the moment's notice you know whether they can or they can't they everybody will put their two cents in whether it's right or not it's a different story but everybody wants to try to help out right yeah. and whether it's you know that 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 particular set of wheels that's giving you troubles or whether it's how to quote something or whatnot or it's a fellow coder in need that that just needs you know needs some help you know that's yeah. the beauty beauty of this trade so yeah. for the most part I mean, you know, you've always got 1% in every trade and every job that are just jerks, right? No matter what. But but the other 99% of the folks that are that are professional powder coaters. I like to think that they're just misunderstood. Misunderstood. Like, maybe nope. they're just, you know, looking at things a little, they look at things a little different, you know? Yeah. Well, that's that's the way the world is, that 1%. Yeah. 1% of the world that has 99% of all the problems, right? That's That's typical. <laughs> That's what you see. The other 99% of the world is doing what they're supposed to do and helping their fellow man and living by the good book and the good word, yeah. and, you know? So, yeah. So if we can give back and, and help out, 
one another. Obviously, this is a, a prime example of, of yeah. some folks in need that we can help out. So. I hope so. I mean, these people certainly need our help and, and stuff, but my family's safe and Ross and I are safe and hopefully that's our livelihood is safe. I don't know. I mean, that's yet to be determined. Right now, we're okay. We're finishing right. up a large job, but the phone is quiet. Yeah, right, right. Understand. And, you know, it's a three-legged chair. So right. cut right. one of the legs off. I don't know. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens. So I appreciate uh, okay. your time with me tonight. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, I love and miss everybody, and I will get back on. Uh, more often and you might have to put up with me talking about Lahaina a little bit longer but I promise you we'll we'll get back to powder coating and and get out some more content sounds good all, all right, right take care you take it easy all right talk to you later bye bye